Hey man, good morning, good morning. Uh, you know what, let's go ahead and just start off with just a prayer really quick, amen? amen. Father, we want to thank you for this opportunity to come and, and just hear your word, Father. We pray that uh, ultimately I can be an instrument of your will, that your Holy Spirit work through me and work, work on and in every single one of us this morning, God. We pray that your scriptures can come alive in our own hearts to, uh, to walk away with... Uh, just how to walk in step with you, to be closer to you, Father, to know your will for us. We're so grateful for the opportunities that you provide, even the opportunity to be here to worship together. We give thanks to you and praise to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, recently I heard about this farmer who was given a, an award for excellence. And when he asked what it was for, they told him that it was because he was outstanding in his field. No, but talking about farmers, right? So talking about farmers, you know, I wanted to uh, to look at a scripture about uh, a farmer today. We're going to be in Matthew 20. If you can, uh, go ahead and, and get over that direction. It is great to see all of you this morning. It's great to be together. Uh, you know, Burlington is... It's just a beautiful place to live this time of year. We've had a lot of extra rain this year, but uh, so things are extra lush when we get a couple days of sunshine. It just looks exceptionally green. Uh, those mountains, it is well named. But uh, we're going to look, and as I said, Matthew 20, and as we're doing, uh, going through the different parables, if you're taking notes today, the title is, of this is just The Generous Landowner, right? And uh, we think about farmers owning and working their lands. And, um, you know, I grew up in a, in a farming community. So there was, uh, I remember this one summer, I started to bale hay. And I got about three days in, and I needed to grow some character. But I, I was out there, and the first day um, was an interesting mix of a kid that lived in, like, the only neighborhood in this large farming community. So I show up and, and one of my neighbors needs some help bailing hay and I'm wearing like cargo shorts and flip flops. And uh, so I, I'm out there, he's, he's got all the bales of hay out there and so what they need is they need them on the truck. And so I'm out there lifting hay bales, throwing them on the truck. And about day three, at the end of day three, I have not, I, I started helping because it looked like it might be fun and I was like, sure. I went out for a second day. I dressed more appropriately, went out the third day, uh, and helping, and there's some other young guys out there. And by the end of the third day, it was so hot, and I was so tired, that I actually never even showed up for the fourth, and I didn't even get paid, and I was okay with that. Partially because I was just embarrassed that I just stopped showing up. And they didn't hire me, like, they didn't say, they didn't come and ask me to start working for them. It was, I was just like, oh, that looks cool. Uh, and then it was like, oh yeah, well, we'll pay you at the end of the week. Um, you know, Friday came and I just, I wasn't there. My body was so sore and so tired. Uh, but for me, it was, you know, the guy needed some workers out there. And we're, what we're going to look at today is we're going to look at the, a landowner who, who really, he represents God. But going out and, and looking for workers to come and work in his field. And we're going to look at really the heart of what it teaches us about God's kingdom and what it teaches us about God who is the landowner. So you guys with me this morning? So we're going to pick up in, in Matthew 20, starting in verse 1, right? Jesus is talking about His kingdom. He's preaching this parable. He says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner 
who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About the third hour, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, You also go and work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. And so they went. He went out again the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did the same thing. About the eleventh hour, he went out and found still others standing around. And he asked them, Why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. And he said to them, You also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers were hired, uh, the workers who were hired about the eleventh hour came and each received a denarius. So when those who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they, uh, when they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These men who were hired last worked only one hour, they said. And you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, Friend, I am not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give to the man who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. So, a couple of context of, of kind of what's going on here in this, this culture. You know, there's two major themes in this scripture. One, one major aspect of this is God's incredible generosity. Right? Um, you know, some people are like, that's not fair. He's like, no, it, it is fair. I, I, said, I do what I said I would do. But he goes, but I'm generous. Right? And that's one of God's primary qualities that he's, he is so extravagantly generous. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Right? But the other element of it that we look at is that God does not play favorites. God does not play favorites. And um, in, in that idea, when we look at it, during this time period, a couple things would, would happen. You know, it was normal. Is The Jewish community, they really felt like I mean, they were the chosen people, right? They were the, the, the nation picked by God uh, hundreds of years uh, in, in advance. I mean, they were, they were God's people, right? And they took an extreme amount of pride in that. And so what that did is it can create kind of a, a sense of superiority. And so Jesus is, is telling this parable and going to talk about this idea of there's not going to be favorites. He's, he's looking for everyone with as much uh, urgency and as much thought, and everyone holds a similar value uh, in his mind. We're going to talk more about that. But when we, when we look at this, this scripture, I, I thought of, I remember when I first read the scriptures, just starting to come to church, and this idea of guys just standing around in the marketplace. Um, now, for me, I grew up in, in South Texas, and so. 
I, I knew of, of, you would have, you know, Mexican labor that would go and they would stand near the construction sites. And my uncles were general contractors. And so they would literally, they, once uh, this became not so uh, legal, they stopped doing this, but they would show up and they would hire some of these men who would just be standing there as day laborers. It was a very normal thing that the guys would go and they'd show up and, and they would expect to be paid for a day's job, right? Well, that's what these men are doing. And it's not because they're not just standing around because they're lazy. They, they're, they're going to the market because this is the place to get a job, right? For us, it's like you would post your, your, uh, your resume on like Monster or something like that, right? And, and you're, you're putting yourself out there to get a job. This is their monster.com, right? They're, they're at the marketplace looking for work, looking for what they need. And, and here though he says, I'll pay you a denarius. Now a denarius was, was just like minimum wage kind of pay. Like you're going to get just what you need to provide for your family that day, right? It was so hard for anybody to be able to get ahead on a denarius a day. Um, because it was, it was just what you needed that day. And so it was a big deal if somebody were to miss a day's work or to get only a half day's pay. That might mean that your children are getting half meal that day. Or you're getting you know, less to nothing if you're going to feed them. I mean, you get what I'm saying? And so they're, they're saying, you know, I'm going to pay you. And they, they need this work. They need it, Right? And so here is, we see God in how he's, he's working through this. And, and it's important that we see that it was normal. I used to think in, in an element that maybe they were lazy, that they weren't hardworking because they weren't like, pick me, pick me, but maybe they were trying to get picked and they just, they just weren't selected, right, to go and work. And that's, that's kind of what you see towards the end. He says, why are you still standing here? Says, nobody, nobody has asked us to work. Right? Nobody sent us. You know, and so we see this aspect of where these guys are out here. They're looking for work. They're looking for jobs. And as I said, in, in the Jewish culture, that's, that's one aspect where Jesus is kind of building on his generosity. But the second, uh, or the first that I mentioned, was the fact where they thought they were superior. Right? The Jewish people, because they often, they're the first round draft pick, right, of all other nations... They kind of have a serious superiority complex. And there's, a, there's an aspect where this is starting... Jesus, I believe, can see how this could creep into the church. Right? He's trying to get ahead of the thing of saying, Hey, the first will be last and the last will be first. Right? And he's building up this idea that just because maybe you became a Christian first... Uh, or you started, you became a worker first, or you endured more, that you deserve more than somebody else, right? And, and he's trying to, early on, make it clear, like, hey, people are going to get what they need in my kingdom. You're going to get what's fair to you. But in reality, we're not going to get what's fair to us because we're going to get salvation, right? Uh, what's fair to us uh, is definitely not salvation. It, but he is... Uh, he's saying that if you're going to come and work in my kingdom, I'm going to provide for your needs. It doesn't matter how, how, how much you've been there, how long you've worked, all of that. And, and we'll dig into that a little bit more later. But before I go any farther, I want to make a clear point. And I have two points today, but I, I think it's important that I say this. I'm going to use words today 
like pay, right? Work, workers, and wage. Uh, but this is not a parable about how to earn your salvation. Okay? Um, you will never, not in a million years, be able to earn salvation by doing good works. Okay? That is not what I'm trying to get across. You know, so the only way to have your sins forgiven and to get into heaven is through Jesus Christ. Right? And if by the end of this, you want to know more about what that means, please study the Bible with us. We love to dig into the Scriptures and help people really come to a thorough understanding of what that means. Um, but please ask. But understand this. When you hear like words like pay or wage, be careful not to let it ring in your head to say that I need to earn God's love or I need to, I need to earn or work myself into salvation. Because that is not what this scripture is trying to communicate. Okay? So when I use those words, don't hear that. Our society is very industrious. Um, you know, despite what people may say about millennials thinking that everything should just be handed to us, all right, even we can have a challenge with this idea that we need to earn or work towards our own salvation, okay? So if, if we even can struggle with that, I just want to make sure that everybody else hears you can't earn your salvation, okay? Right. I'm not talking about uh, trying to get goodwill with God. God already loves you. He already loves you deeply enough that He sent Jesus Christ to die for you and for your sins. Okay, so so that's important. If that's going way over your head, praise God. Uh, you know, but um, I just wanted to clear that up right off the bat. Amen. 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 Point one: God is looking for us. God is looking for us. Right? And so when you, you look at this scripture, what do you see about the landowner? Right? He's got a harvest to bring in. He, there's work to be done on his land. And, and this land is, is the kingdom, right? But he's saying, he's looking for workers. Who are the workers? That's us, guys. And he's looking for us. But what does he do? He gets up early in the morning, and he goes out and he looks for him. Then he goes out again at the third, and then he goes out at the sixth, and then he goes out at the ninth and the eleventh hour. Now, that's like the first hour would be like six a.m. Okay, the third is like nine, then noon, then three, and then he's out there at like five o'clock, right? And so if you work at nine to five, when five shows up, you're like, I'm out of here, right? Uh, you know, they have a twelve-hour work day, kind of a thing, is what it seems like. And so they're out there and. and it's the last hour, and God is still looking for people to get out into His vineyard. Right? And I think it's important to note this idea and this aspect of who God is, is that He's looking for you. He's been looking for you your whole life. He's still looking for workers. You know, this was a day's work. He's still, the harvest is still plentiful, right? Uh, to this day, I'm, I'm quoting Jesus, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord to send out workers into His harvest fields, right? I, I make a note that for as long as it is called today, the harvest is plentiful. For as long as today is today, right, God is, is looking for you every day. Right? And He's out there and, and 
he's, he's looking for these individuals. And I think this is, is distinct because if he's looking for you today, even if you are a disciple, right? It's, it's that days, he's going to provide for your day's need, right? Which is so cool, right? He's, he's going to, He's been looking for you your whole life. Maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you're showing up and, and maybe you're just learning more about God and you're trying to figure out what it really means. What's cool about that is, is God has set up the times and places. He's, as the, the scripture Ben shared this morning, which is great, um, that He's got a plan. He's had you on His heart. He's been working for you. Larry talked a little bit about it as well, which made me feel like, amen, I need to make this point clear. God's looking for us. He's been looking for us our whole lives. And even as disciples today, He's still coming after us today. Calling us to come out and work in His fields so that He can provide for our needs. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I think that's amazing when I think about those, those aspects. But, you know, many people can look at the Scriptures and say, Oh, you know what the Bible is? The Bible is the basic instruction manual for being a good person on earth. That's, that's not what the Bible is. That, yeah, you'll learn some basic aspects about being a good person, right? And those of us who are trying to live it out, we're not perfect, amen. If you walked in and you're visiting with us, we're not a church of perfect people by far. We're a per- church of people who try to be uh, the best we can be because our God loves us. Amen. amen. But, you know, really, what the Bible is, is it's God's love story to mankind. He's saying, do you know how hard I've been looking and working for you? From the beginning, let me tell you a story about this man and this woman. From the beginning, I made them, they messed things up. They had to leave. They had to leave this garden that I made for them. Then you know what I did? Uh, the world kept growing and, and, and I picked some people to go, you know what, you're going to be my people to reconcile the rest of the world to me. I'm going to fulfill a promise through you. And he picked some people and he says, now be holy because I'm holy. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to be your God. Walk humbly and justly with me. Right? And he tells them he loves them. He tries to take care of them. And you know what they do? They mess it up. Right? And, and, and that happens again and again and again and again. But God again and again and again and again and again keeps coming after people. Because his promise is he wants to reconcile and wants to be with people. He wants to be with us. And ultimately that gets fulfilled in Jesus right but it just goes to show you do you know how many times God has come out looking for us right setting up time and and making opportunities you know God comes after us and I was thinking of some of the stories of even some of us here right how God has come out looking for for us you know I think of Paul and Teresa when they were studying the Bible right Paul and Teresa they had they had started coming to church, they were studying the Bible, and they've been around for like 20 years now. When they, they were studying, they were at a point where they're trying to decide on whether or not they really want to do this. Whether or not they really want to keep coming to church, whether they want to be disciples. And they have, the same night, have an eerily similar dream. They're both being chased. Right? I remember, I'm getting some of the details. I, one was being chased by a lion and one is being chased by a dragon. Both feel like something is, they're like breathing down their necks, right? 
And when they wake up, Paul's telling me, the back of his neck is like on fire. Both of them wake up, having had such similar dreams, and they both, they, they don't know exactly what it meant, but they could tell God's trying to light a fire under them, right? To make some decisions, and, and they get that we need to pursue God. You know, that's crazy, right? You know, crazy stories about how God comes after us. And, and Ryan Acades is always a great one. I would have shared this if they weren't here or not. But, guys, we reached out to Ryan on campus. Katie hits a sister on her bike while she's driving down the street. Uh, we've already invited Ryan. Ryan said he's coming to church. Same week, Katie hits one of the sisters, Evelyn. Oh my gosh, are you okay? I'm so sorry. Do you need money? Can I fix your bike? Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, right? Freaking out. Evelyn's like, it's okay. I'm fine. Don't worry about it. Is there anything I could do? Yes. You can come to church with me. And she hands her an invite, right? And that week, that weekend, they get into an argument about which church they're going to go to because they both committed to going to a church. Ryan's like, I told these guys to go to church with them. Katie's like, I hit this girl with my bike. We're going to church. Until they meet on Sunday morning and they're both holding the same invites. Right? And Ryan had texted me, I think it was that early that morning or the night before, saying, Hey, I'm going to church with my girl. You know, and I was like, Hey man, I'll show up eventually. And then I see him that morning. Because she hit someone with a bike and we'd invited him and he'd committed that week. And it was the exact week in time. Does God not come after us sometimes? Does He not work? And, and some of us need those crazy stories. Some of us need them to really make it clear. And some of us, God has just been doing little things all of our lives just trying to get us to know Him. Right? And even as today, many of us are people who, who do know God. He's still trying to do little things in your life to get you to know Him better. He's coming after us, guys. He's coming after you. Are you answering the call when He's calling you each day? Because He wants to be with you. Don't delay. If God's calling you into His kingdom, if God's calling you to be one of His, don't Wait. Maybe you are his and you've just. Maybe you're the one that's showing up half day late just knowing that the landowner's just his generous guy. Amen. In the same sense, I mean, God is going to be so good to us. But let's, let's, let's be close to God every day. Let's answer the first time. Be ready and eager to go early in the morning to get there and be with our God. Because he's so good. He is generous. Amen. He's so, so good to us. Take to heart that God's brought you here today. He's going to continue to work for you as long as it's called today. So don't delay. Let's just do it now. You know, God has so many opportunities. He's given us opportunities. And He's looking for you. And He's looking for us to reach out and to help others come in as well. Right? Really, there's so much work to be done, right? Because God has so much to give. And, and He wants to give through you and through us, church.
He uses people to bring in the harvest. His plan has always included people. And it includes you. Point two is, God's looking to give. God's looking to give. Did I say point one? Yeah, I, I did. Okay, good. I want to make sure I got that. I had it out there. Point one, bold. But, didn't remember if I said it. So point two is, God is looking to give. Let's look back at this scripture really quick. In verse eight. It says, when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about the eleventh hour came and each received a denarius. And so when those, so when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These men who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us? We have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered you, he answered one of them, Friend, am I, I am not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your wage and go. I want to give the man who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? You know, as I said, this scripture is not about salvation. It's not about earning your salvation, right? But I do think that there is an element where we can look at what God has given us when we are His. We, we answered the call. He called us out to work. And He says, the greatest payday we're ever going to get is our salvation. And when we answer that call, we enter God's kingdom. That's, that means we get to be with God. Now, I used to think as a, as, a, as a kid, I'm like, I remember feeling like it's got to be kind of boring. Um, I, the church I grew up in was just boring. My goal was to stay awake to communion, and if I could make it to communion, then I knew I could make it to the end of service. But uh, there was a lot more standing involved, standing and sitting and kneeling. And, um, but I just thought, oh, if that's what church, if that's what heaven's going to be like, I was bored with the idea. But the thing that I didn't understand was that in heaven, I got to be with God. I underrated God. I undervalued how incredible it would be to be in His presence. I mean, think of like your greatest hero. Somebody, the human being you want to meet more than anybody else, minus Jesus, okay? The, The super spiritual answer right there. But think about it. Who would you want to meet that would just, like, you'd be like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, right? Imagine being in that person's presence the first time you meet them. You'd be in awe. That is not even a fraction of what it's... The the, the fraction would be so small, it would be as if nothing compared to what it's going to be like to be in the presence of God. Just the sheer joy that would radiate off of him. You've been around a really charismatic person that you're just there and you're like, 
You're just hyped to be around them. You guys know what I'm talking about? Just that person, you're just standing next to them and you're just in a better mood. That kind of charisma. That just overflows out of God to such an extreme that you, you won't be able to not rejoice. Holy, holy, holy. You're, you're going to want to scream that for a thousand years and then when you're done, you're going to take a sip of water and then want to scream a thousand more. I mean, it's just, it's just what it's going to be like because He's that incredible, right? That's our reward to get to be with God. Okay? So, when, this, when we look at this scripture and say, what does God want to give? What He is giving... Let's not undervalue it first. Alright? And, and understand, I look at this scripture and, and, and I just go, God was way more than fair to all of us. Um, but Jesus' point here really is, I'm looking to give. I'm not going to play favorites. People were offended. The guys who started early were offended by the 11th hour workers. Here's the thing. I would argue that we are all 11th hour workers. All of us. Right? I think some of us, we we feel probably like we've borne the heat of the day with our lives. I mean, our lives, life is tough. It's tough. Recently, though, Kristen was listening to a sermon that was great. I was blown away. The sister did it. Um, uh, she was, it was a teaching lesson about martyrs. Listen to this lesson. We listened to it with Kristen and I and, and um, Katie, who, who's she's not here right now. But, um, and we were all like, man, being a Christian in Vermont is easy compared to that. Easy compared to that. I mean, it doesn't mean life's easy. But when I look at what others have done hundreds and thousands of years before we even got here. The hard work that's been done, that I'm a Christian, that you're a Christian, that your parents, whomever came before you that helped you know God, way before them, people endured much. So where are we at, right? Um, Everyone can ask the question, why do hard things happen? Uh, You know, we don't have all the answers, but you know what we do? We do know somebody who does, right? Amen. Um, And what we know is that God, He desires us to give us what we need. And what we need more than anything else is salvation. Right? What we need more than anything else. Now, He's going to give us a lot more than that, honestly. He says, I want you to have life to the full. What does that mean? It means a lot of things. Full of joy. Right? Full, Full in so many incredible ways. I think of the ways that God... Has, has blessed my life and has honestly blessed a lot of us out of His generosity. You know, on top of salvation, not on top of salvation, I mean, salvation is like the brownie and, and, you know, ice cream, right? On top of that, the sprinkles and the, you know, the cherries and all of that. I'm not going to... Yeah, so, what that is, things I think about, like for marriage folks, we have an opportunity to get help in our marriage as Christians. As disciples and in this fellowship, we are determined and to get help, but we also have people who want to help us. That's a blessing that God has given us, right? Meeting that need we have. I think about campus. You guys, 
you guys have a home away from home. You know, Emmy's in Iceland right now, but I remember Emmy, she, she found out years ago that, campus, if you hang out with married people, they'll feed you. <laughs> they'll feed you. Anthony found out that. He came to my house. I'm not saying everybody's going to get this all the time, but it's just had it there. He got some steak and some other things, right? Yeah. And, and, and married people feed you as a campus student. Trust me. Show up and hang out with married people. It's going to happen. But that's because we're just, we're family. Somebody's probably done that for us in the past. They've loved us, cared for us. They've they've helped us become disciples. And we, we get to be that for someone else now, right? But then I think of the young professionals. Young professionals, honestly, I'd say you guys have the most to give. Uh, in all of it and I think you do an amazing job of it I actually want to lift you guys up I know every single one of you and even some of them aren't here because they're serving but every single one of our young professionals is involved in in serving the church in some way, shape or form like all of them which I think is incredible And, and you guys are doing an amazing job and that in itself is a blessing to be able to serve like that but Teens. I mean, teens. So a lot of our teens are out of here. Teens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know if a couple of them stayed in, snuck in. But teens are so blessed to be in this church. My wife was a teen that got to grow up in this fellowship, right? For her, her parents were disciples, right? Her parents got to figure out what it meant to try to be great parents and to get get discipling on their marriage and on their parenting. Which that's a blessing that we can have in this church, right? Teens, they have silly and ridiculous role models in the campus and young professionals. Amen. But they're also pretty great. Uh, you know, campus and young professionals, we have a great group. And the teens get to be a part of that. But I look at all of the things that God has given us. And besides those, He's given us His Holy Spirit. Do you rejoice in God's Holy Spirit? I mean, he's the, he's the one that's there to comfort you when you're hurting and when, when you're sad, when things are going on in your life. God's Spirit wants to connect with you. He's crying out to us, trying to, to comfort us. I mean, that's His role. But on top of that, the, the Holy Spirit, He lends us zeal and energy to our bodies and our hands to do the work, right? You know, it's with this energy that we're compelled to also comfort the brokenhearted, to go and pour ourselves out and to extend the love of God that we've been given and extended to others. Amen? So, I just think time and time again, what has God given us? He has given us so much. And these are just a few of the incredible blessings and generosity that's come from our God. To give us our needs. And what do we need, church? We need to be with God. We need salvation. There's a lot of little daily needs that God, He does take care of. If we trust Him and rely on Him and look to Him. And the hope is that we will take the generosity and the love we've been given and pour it out to others. So let's pour it out to others. Right? Let's give. And we do a good job as a church. I do want to remind us that certain things that we have coming up. In, in November, we'll take up what's for Hope Worldwide, our International Day of Giving. Right? 
It's an opportunity to give to Hope. Hope is an international nonprofit that serves the poor and needy around the world. Right? And here in the U.S., but literally around the world. We've responded to, I don't even know how many natural disasters and catastrophes. Not just in the U.S., everywhere. And Hope sticks around when other big companies take the money and leave. We're still there to this day, sometimes a decade later. That's what we get to support. We get to support disciples who run hope. We get to support them continuing the work of God in that way. And that's just a free will offering. We have our our giving that we do every week, right? And, And we do a great job making up or being consistent. And we do that out of the goodness of our own, out of our hearts to uh, make a decision to give. But we have things like Hope Worldwide or Special Missions. Those are, those are free will offerings striving to do more than, and, and to sacrifice more for God because of what we've been given. And so it's not just money though, it's time and it's energy and it's giving to the people in our communities. But we've been loved by God, church. We've been poured out so generously. He has lavished His love on us. So let's be sure to pour ourselves out. Walk in step with the Spirit. Get in touch with that zeal and that energy that's going on. And love our communities. Because we have a God who is outstanding. Right? This, this farmer is outstanding in his field. He is, he is an incredible father. Let's get out there and be outstanding as well. Being generous and loving the people in our community. Amen? Amen. Amen.